millions of Americans turning out to vote in what has been perhaps the hardest fought and certainly the most expensive midterm elections ever. Let's get right to the big headline, the results in the battle for control of Congress. Democrats taking the House of Representatives, surpassing the 23 seats needed to seize control and flip the majority. In the Senate, however, a very different story. The Republicans holding on to power, even picking up seats. President Trump claiming victory via tweet, of course. Quote, tremendous success tonight. Thank you to all. However, exit poll numbers from today show a majority of voters disapprove of his job performance. And most people who went to the polls say they oppose the president. And interestingly, when voters were asked what is the most important issue, health care came in at number one, way ahead of immigration, the issue the president chose to highlight in the closing days of this campaign. So much to talk about, so let's get to, straight to some very smart people. ABC News a senior national correspondent Terry Moran, our political director Rick Klein, and Koki Roberts, a political analyst for ABC News. Good evening to all of you, or good morning, uh, depending how you're looking at things. <laughs> Terry, let me start with you. Democrats took the House. What does that mean for President Trump starting right now? Trouble. Uh, it, it means that he's got a whole new world in front of him, One, a, a world of committee chairmen who will have the power of subpoena and will maybe come after his tax returns, his family organization, business records, uh, and also a very different world on policy. Uh, there, there's no more... A Republican Trump agenda that's going to get through the Congress. Nothing might get through the Congress. So it's going to be a much more difficult presidency for him and one that he will have to uh, probably adjust to in some form or fashion. He's suggesting he'll change his tone. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Koki, do you believe that? That he'll change his tone? Yeah, or that no. he can navigate this. this <laughs> yes, uh... I think he can probably do some navigation. I think he, he naturally enjoys the company of Nancy Pelosi more than that of Paul Ryan. You know, a Boy Scout from Wisconsin versus a, a seasoned Paul originally from Baltimore just, and just, San Francisco. Just for the uninitiated, Paul Ryan, the current Speaker of the House, right. Nancy, Ryan, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the once and perhaps future right, Speaker, Speaker of the House. House. So, and I think there are things like infrastructure that uh, the President talked about in the campaign, the Democrats have been dying to do, used to be always a bipartisan bill. It hasn't been in recent times, but it might be again. There might be some things that can happen. Look, we've got a bunch of interesting things going on in the House. And and they might contribute to more cooperation than we think. All these veterans, you know, veterans, we talked about it earlier, Dan, veterans care about the country, work together, and might be working together in the House of Representatives. We saw a lot of veterans uh, elected to office tonight. Uh, Rick, let me ask you, uh, if this was a referendum on the president, what were the results of that referendum? Yes and no. It right. was a, a little bit of everything. You could look at this election almost any way you want to slice it and find plenty to love about what just happened in the electorate and plenty to hate. It's sort of a perfect encapsulation of our politics and maybe all of the, the contradictions of President Trump. You could have one country on one night vote in such entirely different directions to ratify the Trump agenda, essentially, in these red states uh, and in a number of states that were key to his voting coalition just two years ago, and to reject it in other states and in suburban centers you can go outside of Washington or New York or Chicago or Dallas or Houston or Oklahoma City or Kansas City or Los Angeles and you find these little red spots that are now uh, turning toward the blue and President Trump was very much repudiated in those places so it is this contradiction I think that's going to define this election cheered and chastened 
cheered and chastened, depending <laughs> on where you sit, or actually everybody is cheered and chastened. And, and look at the governor's races, very important. Uh, we just decided at ABC News that Wisconsin has gone Democratic, Michigan has gone Democratic, Illinois has gone Democratic, I mean, Nevada states, has gone Democratic. These are some of the states that handed Donald J. Trump the presidency. Exactly. That's, that's Kansas why, as well, even Kansas, some red areas. Kansas. Kansas. Now, that, that was aberrant for various reasons, but still, it's quite remarkable. So, in some ways, Terry, do we start where we began? I mean, the, the, we're moving chips around on the board, but right. we, start, we started with a divided country, and here we are again. Right, and it's divided not necessarily politically. Politics is playing up here. It's this cultural division between us, between, between those of us who live in, in certain places and look at life a certain way, and those of us in other places. And it's rural versus and between men and, and, men women. and women. Big a gender. big, big difference between the way women voted and the way men voted. And we now have all these women in Congress. Uh, when my mother was elected in a special election in 1973 to Congress, she became the 16th woman in Congress. She joined 15 other women in Congress. Now we will have more than 100. That is quite something. And another optimistic note there, women do tend to work together better than the men do. So the, uh, that's what I was going to ask you about. So there is data to show that women govern and legislate differently. They do. They tend to be, obviously not every woman, but they tend to be less ideological, more pragmatic, more willing to cross party lines, particularly on issues that have to do with women, children, and families, but on all kinds of things. You saw in the government shutdown, most recent one, that women in the Senate came together and basically said, oh, for God's sake, you know, <laughs> let's not play these stupid games. And you see a lot of that. Rick, we know the issues that brought people out today, health care, immigration, gun control, the economy. How are these issues going to be dealt with, or will these issues be dealt with in any way going forward? We'll start with immigration, because there's a chance of a, of a showdown even before the Democrats mm -hmm. take over. You could have a government shutdown if the president pushes his case for his border wall. And we know he's fired up on this, because he's talking about the caravan. Those troops are still at the border to, to, to greet the migrant caravan. I think health care, though, is, is something, it, it, it was the dominant theme of advertising. It was the thing that candidates were asked about more than anything else. And the parties are not just opposed. The president is trying to, 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 to pursue a lawsuit that would get Obamacare thrown out entirely. So the patch that they'd have to put together for pre-existing conditions, that might be one of those areas where, as Koki mentions, they're going to have to work together. But that, referenda that, that. in the states extended Medicaid. And, right. and so you have, you know, the voters speaking as well. That's right. Koki, Rick. Terry, thank you all. Really appreciate it. Really Good to be appreciate with you. it. Tonight was a night of many firsts for a look at some people who made history in these elections. Here's my Nightline co-anchor, Byron Pitts. A pink wave of candidates has now become a record number of women heading to Washington, many of them Democrats, among them several veterans, including former Navy pilot and federal prosecutor Mikey Sherrill in New Jersey. It's really that simple truth that we love our country. Women also racking up a score of other firsts along the way. Iowa and New York will be sending the youngest women elected to Congress at age 29. Michigan and Minnesota electing the first two Muslim women to the House. And from Kansas and New Mexico, the first two Native American women to serve in Congress. For Nightline, I'm Byron Pitts in New York. 
Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching.